0: Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for joining me today for our video on Type 1. And we're going to be talking about a little bit of focus on the wings, on the difference between the Type 1 Wing 9 and the 1 Wing 2. And, um, you know, I've been reading all morning um, more about ones. And, of course, you know, I've got some very important ones in my life. Um, but uh, developing new appreciation for ones. Um Ones are um, people that, you know, we all know them as the reformers or the perfectionists. And, um, you know, we all have that general sense of what ones are like. They they tend to want to improve the world around them. Um, we know about the harsh inner critic that they often have in their own head or the internal parent, you know, that they have within their own head that... Um, is always challenging them to, to behave well and to, you could say, tamp down those, those uh, instincts. Um, maybe they think something is funny or maybe they have an impulse to do something that is questionable and the, uh, the internal parent within them or the inner critic within them would say, no, that's not good, that's not what you should do, that's not what you ought to do, and so they, they tamp that down. And you might say that the result of that is is a tamped down anger, or frustration, or irritability, um, or critical nature. You know, when you're telling yourself no. Um, and I think it's important to realize that ones feel the same impulses as a seven feels. They feel the same impulses that everybody else feels, but they they have uh, you know trained themselves to quote unquote do the right thing and that's an internally subjective right thing that is what they believe is right and they're intuitively you know looking internally to know what's right Um, and so they're they're going to suppress that instinct to do the wrong thing and then try to do the right thing Now, it's not always going to be in every area of their life. If you're a one, you know, there's probably some areas of your life where you are much more relaxed. Maybe you're very, you know, critical and judgmental. And I don't mean that. There's no way to say that. Like, I don't mean that in a bad way. But, I mean, you know, when you're at work, maybe you tend to be critical in that you want everything done properly. You want all the, you know, boxes filled in the appropriate way. And, and. In, in you're a very critical thinker or very judgmental in doing things the right way or the correct way at work but then maybe when you come home um, you might you know have a messy room you might have a messy garage you might not always put all your tools away and so or it may be that you're you're very strict at work and at home but then you know maybe you don't you don't give a lot of thought and uh and that kind of thing to your how you believe about politics or something i guess what i'm saying is that there's no way anybody can be that consistent in every area of their life and so there's it's impossible to you know to live this out in every area of your life as much as you may try and so Ones, you know, are going to have that kind of frustration, tamped-down anger, uh, especially when they see other people not controlling those impulses, you know, acting on those impulses. Um, there's going to be that rising frustration within ones. Um, so I just wanted to go over a little bit of some of the things that I, I picked up, you know, um, or was refreshed in, and then I want to talk about the wings. We will get to the wings. It's, it's very important that, you know, we look at the... The difference between the one wing nine, the idealist. That sounds great, doesn't it? The one wing nine, the idealist. Oh, I'm an idealist. Yeah but the problem is, you know, where this gets into frustration uh, for you and for others is when you are an idealist, that means you have a very idealistic standard of the way things ought to be done, uh, the way things should be in this world. The problem is, is most things don't live up to that idealistic standard that you have. Therefore, your response to those real-life problems is usually one of frustration, criticism, anger, resentment. And so that's where it turns, you know, kind of dark. And the one-wing-two um, is called the, um, the one-wing-nine is the idealist, and the one-wing-two is the advocate. Um, and, and they're advocating for the way things ought to be, and they're much more active. So you can hear in that word advocate that this is a much more active Uh, one Uh, more extroverted probably more direct more of a teacher so where the one wing nine here's the way things ought to be done here's the way things should be done but they might be a little quiet resentful or just need to get away from people and go because the people can be frustrating because they don't do the right thing the one wing nine, you know, is going to be more likely to go about trying to create a better environment on their own or a better workplace quietly in their own work where the one wing two feels a responsibility to, um, to advocate what's right to others and tends to be more confrontive with others, tends to be more direct with others, tends to be more energetic and sometimes more outgoing, more optimistic you know uh, more fun loving you know but because they're more likely to come out of their shell a little bit but they're everything is a lesson for one wing two everything is an opportunity to teach you something about the way things ought to be done the right way to do things um and um, they tend to be more you know uh advocating in your in your business okay in your business all right so Ones, of course, you know, they have that parental voice of authority for a perceived higher good. They want to avoid fault and blame. And, you know, I think this is something to think about, is that is that at the end of the day, you know, ones are just trying to get to a good feeling. Ones are just trying to get to a good feeling and to move away from a bad feeling. The bad feeling is is that the world is in chaos and maybe you as a child felt like your world was in chaos and so you needed to bring order and structure and to clean it up because your parents weren't going to take care of things your parents were going to let we going to let your brothers and sisters you know go hungry and so in this chaos you realize that order and structure are good things they provide stability and so um you you're moving away from that bad feeling of chaos or perhaps you had a very or you felt like you had a very harsh parent and you didn't want, you know, to be scolded. You didn't want to be in trouble. You didn't want to be a a bad kid and those were bad feelings. So you you worked hard to parent yourself, you know, to move toward a good feeling of I'm a good person, I'm a good child, I'm well behaved. I don't need to be disciplined. I don't need to be scolded. And so in your desire to move toward a good feeling and to move away from a bad feeling, uh, you become overcritical, over, um, overjudgmental of yourself and then overjudgmental and critical therefore of then others. And I think it's important to remember that you know you're just trying to get to a good feeling and move away from a bad feeling, which is the same thing sevens do. Sevens want to move toward a good feeling of positive happiness by doing what's fun and doing what's good, move away from a bad feeling of boredom and 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 uh, or, or pain or sadness. Um, so essentially, you know, you're you're just trying to move toward a good feeling, that good feeling of being good, of going to bed at night saying I'm a good person, I did the right thing, I tried hard to. To make the world a better place, and there's a sense of you know of uh, security in that at the end of the day, or being perceived as being a good person, being perceived as being an upstanding righteous person, and ones don't like to get angry, they don't like to show their anger uh, unless they feel like they're in a position where they're demonstrating their their righteousness, um, you know that they're above the. Uh, the shame and, and uh, wrongdoing of society around them. So once hypercritical thinking labels something as wrong, an impulse might come up to say something or do something that seems fun or enjoyable, but then with that will come this um, label that that's wrong or that's not good or that's shameful. And then what will happen is often the one will do the opposite. You know, they'll do the opposite of what they're inclined to do, what their instinct wants to do. They'll do the opposite of it and they'll behave themselves or they'll shut that that down um, or they will correct themselves. And then when they see you not correcting those impulses, then that can be very frustrating to them. Why don't you correct your impulses? Why don't you label this as wrong? You need me to help you understand what's right and wrong. Um, Why can't you um, suppress, you know, these impulses? I've worked so hard to suppress all these impulses in my own life. How come you are not working hard to suppress those impulses in your life? Um, So anything that seems like rule-breaking, self-indulgent behavior is, of course, bad. And ones can become, you know, resentful when they see you behaving in that quote-unquote wrong way. Uh, so they want to do the right thing and um, have the right behavior. And then when they feel like they've done the right thing and they feel like things are in order and and, and they've been well behaved and all the, you know boxes are filled in appropriately, there's this there's this what sense of well-being, this sense of peace. And so what is it ones are really going for is that sense of 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 happiness, that sense of peace. That sense of things are okay. Um, so, following your impulses is dangerous and often wrong, um, and their their internalized parental voice of authority over critical voice, you know, is is um, often in control. Um, something that's interesting to think about is what's called react, reaction formation. Reaction formation refers to the idea of doing the opposite of what you're inclined to do. So, for example. If the one feels envious of somebody, maybe somebody is advancing ahead at work and getting the promotions, and the one's natural inclination is to look at that situation, look at that person and feel a bit of envy. What, wait a minute, that's wrong. And so the internal parent would correct them and say that's wrong for you to feel envious of this person And so now what the one might do is then do the opposite of what they want to do. On the inside, you know, they may want to just lash out and be rude to this person, to be unkind to this person because they're envious of them. But when they tamp that down, what you might see them actually doing is now flattering that person or praising that person and saying, wow, you did a great job. We we, we couldn't do it without you. And so they may do the opposite of what they actually are inclined to do um, because of this reaction formation. Um, ones focus on positive feelings and their denial or repression of their negative feelings. Reaction formation serves to relieve the stress of this difficult internal conflict. So they want to push their bad feelings down into the unconscious. Um, or they do push their bad feelings down. And they may become excessively nice focusing on quote-unquote the bright side. Hmm, sounds a lot like a seven. Seven. Um, interesting. I hadn't I hadn't read that before. This is from Beatrice Chestnut's book. Um, it's it's a great book, and it's probably not one that people pick up first. It was not one of the first ones I picked up, but very helpful. That it's very important that we learn to to depend on both wings. I know that most of us, you know, we 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 can identify that we have a dominant wing. And you know that's that's the probably the majority of people is they will realize that that uh, oh yes I'm in fact a one wing nine. Well then you need to work on developing more twoness in your life, or if you're a one wing two more nineness in your life. It it seems to me that the path to health for all of us is that we develop both of our wings. So, whatever your dominant wing is, you know, learn the best of that wing and lean on the best of that wing, but try to learn to develop the other wing, to balance yourself out. And when a one, for example, let's say a one wing nine, when they can learn to develop the best of what it means to be a two, to start to care and have compassion on others, it may tone down a lot of that frustration, a lot of that irritability um, that they would have uh, ordinarily. Or a one-wing two who's very in people's business and wants to, you know, advocate for the, the right things in society, when they can tone it down a little bit and lean on that nine and say, you know, maybe not, maybe my voice doesn't need to be heard you know, in every discussion. Maybe I don't have to share a lesson, you know, every opportunity I have. Um, finding that balance between both wings is is critical in us moving toward health. Um, so I wanna just emphasize that, that in all of these videos in this series on wings is that we need to learn to try to balance ourselves. So don't just accept the fact that, well, I'm a one wing nine and that's what I am. You are a one wing nine, but learn more about what it means to to bring that two energy into your life. Or if you're a one wing two, to bring that nine energy into your life, to try to balance, you know, and harmonize a little bit more. Okay, I want to go over, you know, a a quick list of some of the core values that that ones have. Um, Striving for high standards, striving for um, the best performance to do their best to avoid the criticisms internal and external of uh, or feelings of, of being a failure. The idea is that if I'm flawed as a flawed person, then I must be bad. But of course, you know, the reality is, is we're all flawed. Um, none of us are not flawed. We all have our, we all have our uh, you know, areas in our life that we don't get done perfectly. Um, none of us can be perfect. We're all broken people. Um, if I'm flawed and far from perfect, therefore I'm bad. If I don't actively inhibit my emotions and inhibit my impulses and inhibit my needs, I might do something inappropriate and bring criticism on myself or bring shame on myself. And probably the one wing too is going to feel that shame a little more because they start to move into that shame um categories of two threes and fours um, so I don't want to bring that shame on myself I want to be you know I want to be a positive role model for others and I want to show others the way they ought to behave in the way what they should do I want to be someone that people rely on I want to be someone who is upright someone who is upstanding I want to be you know a model for people and if I'm going to be proud of anything in life I guess it's going to be that I, I can be you know um, a decent person who is an upright standard for others. If something goes wrong and I've done everything I can do to behave well and to correct, you know, whatever the thing is that went wrong, then at least I can't be at fault because I, you know, did the right thing. And so they're trying to move away from fault, move away from blame and be seen as, You know and see themselves as someone who has done the right thing and someone who has been correct morally correct perhaps Um, you know um, pretty much everything in the world could be improved there's the idealism right everything in the world could be improved and some parts of it definitely can be and so I want to be a part of improving the world and making it better perfect is hard Um, and it should be hard, and it's rare, and it may sometimes even seem impossible, but it's worth it, and so, you know, we're striving, we're, we're advocating, and we're striving to make things better, and to be better, and to suppress that negative voice, negative meaning moving into negative patterns, and so we're listening to the negative voice of self-criticism in order to strive to be a better person. If everyone did their part and would, everyone would follow the rules and do what they were supposed to do, everything in society could be more decent and, and better. And so there's that judgmental you know, broadcasting of the way things ought to be um, and the frustration that comes with it. So the one wing nine. Okay, the one wing nine. Um, it's a one that leans on that don't worry everything's going to be okay what do i you know really have to say that that's that nine you know that is more um peacemaking so it's a one who wants to improve the world while at the same time wanting to you know keep the peace with people and so they're usually more introverted because nines are in a withdrawn state so they're compliant one and a, and a withdrawn nine they're usually more introverted and reserved can be more impatient um, can look more like rigidity or sarcasm rather than direct and straightforward commands you know one's their speaking style is is preachiness right or sermons and the one wing nine it may be a little less you know commanding of others and a little bit more let me tell you the way things ought to be. They're going to tell you the way things ought to be, but they may not necessarily get in your face and tell you what you need to do. Where a one-wing two is maybe a little more likely to step over the line and manage you, and advocate to you what ought to be done in your life. The one-wing nine is more likely, I think, to just to to preach a sermon about what they think ought to be. Um, they usually won't speak up until they are sure that they're correct. So they're a little bit more apprehensive of speaking up and sharing until they, you know, have thought it through and they know that they're right about something. Less inclined to take action than the one-wing two. Again, because nines, of course, you know, have a problem with taking action. The one-wing nine is less likely to take action than the one-wing two. Um, can be highly discerning, wise and civilized, introverted, reclusive, reclusive, um, they have a reclusive, quali- reclusive quality about them, seeking relief from the from the crazy people out there in the world. Again, eights, nines, and ones kind of have that sense that people are ignorant, people are bad, people are foolish, and so eights just try to work around them and punch back at them. Nines just try to work with them and get along with them. Ones want to correct them, straighten them out, manage them, and the one wing nine. May be less energetic and may say, "I want to just get away from them for a while. The crowds are, are maddening. They're frustrating. People don't do what they ought to do. People don't throw their trash away when they're done, and I just need to, you know, take a break from all that." So they may often work in in you know more of a quiet, frustrated way, emotionally reserved, but can be very generous and kind. I've seen that definitely uh, in the people I know that are one wing nine. Um, they wish to improve things, but can be a little bit more gentler and more detached than the one-wing two. Um, they may not engage in the um, um, the dirty work necessary to bring about their reforms. They may not want to go in and fire people, you know, and have difficult conversations, and you know. Um, the the things that are unpleasant to do to make things better in the office or better at work or better at home they may want to avoid those kinds of things even though they want to reform the world maybe they don't want to be direct in how they reform the world Um, let's see they uh, can be stiff impatient and prone to sarcasm can prefer to be alone and can be a little bit of an elitist well they haven't their ideal right so they're looking at how things ought to be done and if you're not doing things the way they ought to be done that they're going to come across a little bit elitist all right the one wing two the advocate um they blend their quest for their high ideals and high principles with empathy and compassion for others so I think that's helpful to remember is that even though they might be in your face and challenging you about what you're doing and how you should be doing it better and that this isn't right and your work is sloppy and it's all coming out of a sense of trying to help you. It's all coming out of a sense of I'm, I'm trying to share you know with you and connect with you and help you be a better you. Don't you want to improve yourself? and you know the answer to that for many in life is no they really don't they want to just get through the day they want to you know get ahead they want to win they want to uh, relax and then others may not necessarily appreciate all this helping especially when it wasn't asked for Um, trying to please others okay a two is a pleaser they want to please you so the one wing two is trying to please others while at the same time um, get themselves and others to do the right thing so be pleasing while at the same time doing the right thing and trying to get others to do the right thing less idealistic than the one wing nine and uh more genuinely interested in improving the lot of others and improving things and improving people and improving the organization Um, and getting in the trenches and getting their hands dirty i think the one wing two is more likely to get in there with people get in there and and work toward the goals. Remember, the one wing nine is the idealist, right? So they're thinking in a dreamy way about the way things ought to be. They're trying to conduct themselves in this way. They're preaching about what ought to be done. But the one wing two is getting in there and moving things and shaking things up and getting their hands dirty and and having difficult conversations with people. And they're active, much more active, um, more outspoken, more empathetic, Feeling people's pain and, and the pain of their bad decisions. And then challenging people to make right decisions. Challenging people and motivating them to, to behave and to do the right thing and to consider um, you know, their life. Teachers. They're teachers. Everything is a lesson. Everything is a metaphor. Everything is an opportunity to learn uh, a moralistic truth. All right, critical, irritable, preachy, intrusive, pushy, more action-oriented, and maybe a little more image-oriented, like how they're coming across, protective of that image. You know, maybe they, they could look in some ways like a three because they want to lift weights and and be good about how they take care of their body, and I'm not going to drink that, and I'm not going to smoke that, and I'm not going to eat that, and I'm going to go to bed at night, and, and I want to be a good role model. Um... I want to, you know, look good and be good and feel good and inspire others to be good. So I'm going to take care of what's mine and I'm going to put everything away and I'm going to and challenge you to do the same. Um, to be very persuasive and go out of their way to get others to care about what they believe is right and wrong and to, you know, proselytize us all. Uh, or, you know, make converts of us all to their better way of doing things. Highly active and outgoing. Uh, can be aggressive, forceful in their pursuit of their idealistic standards. And in, you know, bringing those to you and inspiring you to, to accept those. Um, while being comfortable being alone and needing a good deal of downtime. Um... But they're also energized by engaging with others, particularly debating and refining their ideal standards and their ideas. Um, they're very altruistic, you know, outgoing, loving, um, empathetic with people as long as they feel like they're making a difference. One wing twos want to make a difference. They want their life to count. They want to, to do something you know that is making the society better and making people better. I think one wing nines do as well but ones in general want to make a difference in their life. They want to improve the lot of humanity. They can become critical and irritable and highly vocal about their discontents and what they're frustrated with, can be a little more fiery action-oriented than One Wing Nine, and can be, uh, therefore, maybe more frustrating to people at times um, than, than the One Wing Nine who might keep a little bit to themselves. And this also comes from... Uh, the uh, Wisdom of the Enneagram, another great book. So, um, for you ones out there, we love you guys. We thank you for making our lives better, making the world a better place, making the world a safer place. Um, and we're sorry that we frustrate you all the time, and, but we know you're going to be frustrated anyway. And um, we ask you to be patient with us as we try to be patient with you. Um, don't forget to be present to life and if you're an idealist then you know you could see how life could be better and if you can constantly see how life can be better you may not be able to accept what is so if you're frustrated all the time that your kids aren't behaving better your kids aren't doing better your kids aren't you know getting better grades you may have a hard time accepting your kids for who they are because you're you're trying to motivate them to be something more than they are you could miss you know, out on a lot in life because you can't necessarily love people or accept people as they are because you're always trying to improve, you know, and that's great. But again, you, you can trip over yourself. It's great that you want to improve things, but think of it like this. Not every person has a problem to be solved. Some people are just to be loved and if you're always trying to improve them and, and solve them and make them better um, that's not necessarily the same thing as loving people um, and loving them with their failures and loving them with their inconsistencies and you know this whole idea of of being perfect you're not doing a good job of it and you never will um, and people don't love you at the end of the day because you're perfect they love you with all of your with all of your failures or your flaws, and if they don't, then 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 maybe they don't need to be in your life anyway. Every one of us has our own failures and flaws, and your desire to make things everything better in life, and your hypercritical spirit is your greatest failure. Um, and we still love you in spite of that. So, you know. Observing this in yourself and observing this tendency within yourself and separating a little bit and saying, you know what? Maybe I don't get everything done perfectly, but maybe I don't have to. Maybe people can love me even though, and maybe I can do my best and leave it at that. And maybe good enough is good enough. Well... I hope that um, you know, this video helps you, and you can look in my description. I have information if you want to get in touch with me. Um, I have been doing a lot of Skype and FaceTime appointments with people, uh, people that feel like they're stuck and they feel like they need help and need some you know direct inspiration or some direct challenge or some direct instruction, whatever I can do to help you. Don't hesitate to reach out. I'm here for you guys. Uh, as I'm growing and learning more about the people in my life that I love and care about and how to work with people, you know, uh, whatever I can pass on to you guys, we're all in this together and we're all just trying to help each other. Um, None of us have got this figured out. So I'll see you guys next time. Thank you and blessings.